Welcome. I'm Sebastian Mafud, and you're listening to WCAT Radio, the on-air wing of En Route Books and Media, bringing you the dulcet sounds of Catholic wisdom. Welcome to Author to Author. This is Cynthia Tulin Wilson, and I'm here today with Annabelle Mosley, who's written a lovely book called Sacred Braille. How are you today, Annabelle? Oh, I'm very well, Cynthia. Thank you so much for having me on. You're welcome. I'm glad to have you on. I thank you for the chance to interview you. Would you like to start us with a prayer? It's an absolute blessing. Oh, I'd be honored. Thank you so much. Sure. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Prayer to Our Lady of the Rosary. O blessed Rosary of Mary, sweet chain which unites us to God, bond of love which unites us to the angels, tower of salvation against the assaults of hell, safe port in our universal shipwreck, we will never abandon you. You will be our comfort in the hour of death. Yours our final kiss as life ebbs away. And the last word from our lips will be your sweet name, O Queen of the Rosary of Pompeii, O dearest Mother, O Refuge of Sinners, O Sovereign Consoler of the Afflicted, may you be everywhere blessed, today and always, on earth and in heaven. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Um, So would you like to tell us a little bit about yourself? Oh, sure. Uh, Well, uh, I'm an award-winning author of 10 books. I'm a professor Mm -hmm. of theology, and I'm host of the Catholic radio shows, Then Sings My Soul, and Destination Sainthood on WCAT Radio. Uh, I've served as poet-in-residence and writer-in-residence of various places, including the Walt Whitman Birthplace, and I've Mm -hmm. served as Long Island Poet of the Year in New York. Uh, My work as a poet uh, has been featured as one of five artists that was profiled in the 2019 documentary film Masterpieces, and that's available mm-hmm. to view now through either Amazon Prime or Formed on Demand. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm very proud to say I was born on the Feast of Our Lady of the Rosary and oh, baptized yeah. at St. Louis de Montfort Church. <laughs> and uh, my most recent book is about the rosary. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's quite a, uh, quite a resume. I'm impressed. Oh, thank you. Um, would, you, uh, would you like to tell us uh, what it is that drew you to write this book? Well, you know, I've, I was, I've been a writer as long as I can remember. Since, since childhood, it's always felt like a, a calling, kind of a, a gift I was given that I was wanting to give back, you know, a hundredfold, hopefully, to, to God. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I was long called for years before I started this book, I was really most excited when I was writing poems of, um, although I've been certainly published in all genres, all kind of, you know, all different subjects, uh, I really Mm -hmm. fell in love with writing the most about, for example, sacred scripture or saints or characters Mm -hmm. from scripture. And Mm -hmm. I I felt, you know, I think the rosary is the next step. The first reason was (laughs) I started to realize my own history. Um, I'm very proud to have been born in the Feast of Our Lady of the Rosary. Then I found out I was mm-hmm. baptized at St. Louis de Montfort Church. Which I said, all right, mm-hmm. well, he's a great patron of the Rosary. That kind of confirms it. And then I was yeah. giving, um, I started to notice over the years, Cynthia, when I was teaching, even really devout mm-hmm. um, Catholics, 
Um, some were certainly devotees of the rosary, no question. But I kept encountering mm-hmm. people who I thought were really, you know, true lovers of God who just said, look, I really have a hard time approaching the rosary. I don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. I just feel overwhelmed or intimidated by it. Or I, I sometimes I have to, you know, they would say to me, sometimes I find it a little bit like maybe boring or I fall asleep or it feels all rote. And I thought to myself, gee, if, if there was some way I could use poetry and my words and my prose to, to help people to feel the love of the rosary and have it come alive to mm-hmm. them, I'd be, I'd be really happy to do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that led you to write this beautiful book. Yeah, I <laughs> did. That's nice. And uh, the artwork, too, is truly, uh, truly incredible. It's the writing and poetry, but also the artwork. It all comes together uh, almost in the same oh, with garment. Thank you. Yes, it does. Beautiful. It does. It does. And, of mm-hmm. course, we have mm-hmm. classic works of art that are, you know, famous Renaissance works, but also some mm-hmm. beautiful and very little-known works of art from the Seminary of the Immaculate Conception in Huntington, New York. Yes. So it was a joy to get mm-hmm. that artwork mm-hmm. out there, too. Mm-hmm. Good, good. Um, would you like to go through uh, the book piece by piece? Sure, sure. I feel uh, I feel like you're Virgil and I'm Dante. You know, <laughs> lead me through. <laughs> lead me through. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I noticed very uh, just before the contents, you uh, actually have a diagram of the rosary to tell people how to say it or how to pray it. Sure, sure. Um, yeah, so that I guess that kind of surprised me because I thought anyone who would pick up a book yes. on the rosary oh, would, would yes. know how to do this. That is such an excellent, excellent point. I'm so glad you brought that up. Thank you. Um, mm-hmm. I, I really wanted to do that because um, I knew that, you know, Our Lady and Our Lord work in such mysterious and beautiful ways. I knew it was possible that this book could be purchased by a devotee of the rosary or someone who loves Catholicism, and yet it could make its way into the hands of someone quite new to it, either as a gift or just through serendipity. Someone might be drawn to the beautiful artwork, that beautiful work of Botticelli of the lady holding the baby, you know, and say, what is this? And I wanted mm-hmm. them to feel right away that if they were drawn to some of the idea of, of praying the rosary, that they wouldn't have to feel like, oh, I don't even know where to start. They'd have that there for them. Mm-hmm. I just wanted it to okay. be accessible to absolutely anyone. Mm-hmm. Okay, that makes sense. <laughs> I'm so glad you brought that up, though. It's a great, great point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, okay, we have a beautiful forward uh, by Bishop Henning. Um, yeah. Do you have? Do you know him well? Or? Uh, I I I'm very blessed that he was a teacher while I was mm-hmm. a student at the Seminary of the Immaculate Conception. Brilliant uh-huh. teacher, and also a real mentor when I was a new teacher in the same seminary, mm-hmm. a new instructor. Um, mm-hmm. It was often, you know, his observation of, "Hey, I would like you to try." for example, teaching this kind of course or teaching this kind of a retreat. Mm-hmm. I think you could do it. Always had a real vote mm-hmm. of confidence. Um, mm-hmm. And it was, his, it was his permission. He had said to me, you know, because he was rector there too. He was also rector there mm-hmm. eventually. And this is all before he became bishop. 
that I that I first met him, and he said, you know, you really since you have a gift for uh, writing as well as art and and combining the two. I would like to give you access if you would like to use any of the images because I had expressed interest in the art there. And he said, I would give mm -hmm. you permission. And that was a mm -hmm. real blessing. So I'm sure. forever grateful to him. And his forward I really thought was just so kind and so well written. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So um, you start with a preface and uh, for that this uh, beautiful painting of the Virgin and Child, Madonna of the Book. So did you want to say something about the preface? Oh, well, any, anything you'd like me to. Um, I thought the preface was an important, you know, obviously an important uh, component, uh, a sort of a way to speak directly to the reader before they <laughs> sort mm -hmm. of took the journey or the pilgrimage of the book. And I mm -hmm. uh, hope I put a lot of very, um, I hope, personal and meaningful components into that preface to makes the journey more um, appealing and beautiful, mm -hmm. I hope. Mm -hmm. um, I like the explanation you give on uh, page 13. Language is the way human beings form thoughts and feelings into words. We listen to words, speak words, read and write them. Good writing is like an extended and elevated form of talking, and good reading is like an extended an elevated form of listening. Braille, as we know, is a tactile language of the blind in which characters are represented by raised dots that can be felt with the hands. Are we not all, to some extent, blind? Right, so skipping, you know, you, you give some scripture and then you have the rosary. When prayed regularly can help us to recognize him referring to Jesus through the gift of its braille formed by simple beads, it cultivates the interior vision we need to see with more clarity. I thought that was really masterful. You know, um, obviously when you're uh, praying with the beads, you feel them. Um, but I had, you know, that obviously is where this idea of sacred braille is coming in. Um, I right, just right. really thought that was a beautiful part of the preface. Oh, thank you so much. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So the rosary, when prayed regularly, can help us to recognize him. It's very beautiful. Oh, thank you. Turning pages here. I really, okay. I really feel so, that. Um, yeah. Page 16, Holding Hands with Mystery and Masterpiece. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, this section um, uh, and and it's uh, the other half or other part of the introduction uh, or preface. Mm -hmm. um, it, mm -hmm. I wanted to bring up the thought that you know. So what if you don't have? Let's say you don't have rosary beads at the time that you are mm -hmm. praying the rosary. And mm -hmm. it, well, if you look at your hands, your fingers form a decade. You've got you know yeah. a braille right there of flesh and blood. And mm -hmm. if you could just touch each of your very own fingers the way you would one of the rosary's mm -hmm. beads, um, it's a way to be reminded of the hands, the beautiful hands of Mary and Jesus and hoping to hold hands with them and, and hoping to ask mm -hmm. them to bless our hands in the work we have to do in this world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've actually um, been in the car when my husband was driving and didn't have uh, <laughs> the beads with me. 
and use my hands. So when I read oh. that, I was <laughs> I was intrigued. Oh, that's so nice. That's great. Mhm, mhm. So, um, so you go through uh, you go through this in some detail. Let's begin with the first three: the beautiful little trinity of beads, all by itself after the crucifix. Um, you know, so praying for a different grace, faith, hope, and then love. You know, I don't know how many people actually know that, but I thought that was a beautiful thing to remind people of. And again, even if, as you mentioned, this could fall into the hands of anyone, and they would yeah. not know unless they read that. Absolutely. They just say, well, you know, I guess you start, you know, you start with three Hail right. Marys, you know. <laughs> right, um, right. But not know why. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, let's see. Yes. Uh, I like uh, on page 17, you say, each of the Hail Marys is a way of saying I love you. You're repeating her treasured greeting from the angel Gabriel and giving her the gift of the words she most loves to hear. That's beautiful. Uh, mm-hmm. Thank you. Um, let's see, then you talk about your father. Did you want to mention uh, that? Sure, sure, I can share that. Um, mm-hmm. I, I share in the, in the preface this very deeply personal story um, mm-hmm. that when my father was dying, I was a little girl. I was only 11. And I mm-hmm. very stubbornly insisted, begged, pleaded that I be allowed to be in the ambulance at his side. He was still holding on to consciousness, and um, I remember studying his hands. I wanted to mm-hmm. memorize you know, the feel of them. And, um, I kind of look at it as a litany, you know, the way we mm-hmm. talk about repeating you know, in Catholic prayer. It was like a last litany that I spoke to him, telling him I loved him again mm-hmm. and again uh, as the ambulance made its way to the hospital. It's really the only thing I wanted to say, and it was all that mattered you know, at that time. Mm-hmm. And I remember, mm-hmm. I, I keenly remember at the time thinking, I want to fill a lifetime of I love yous into his being while mm-hmm. he can still hear me. And it just, it, you know, yeah. it never occurred to me that I was being repetitive. And I, mm-hmm. I share this very, very personal story in the hopes um, that it will illuminate how, how one ought to approach the rosary, which is that, mm-hmm. you know, this shouldn't be seen as repetitive. It's a chance to mm-hmm. tell our beloved lady and Lord, I love you, I love you. And we can never say that too mm-hmm. much to a beloved mm-hmm. in our mm-hmm. lives. Yes, that's true. Mm-hmm. I like that. Every time uh, my husband and I part, whether it's for him to go to the grocery store or for me to go to work, I always say, I, we always say to each other, I love you. Um, uh, because you're yes. right, you never can say it too often, and you, in this really life, can't. of course, no. uh, you, you never know yeah. what will happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. That's so true. Mm-hmm. Let's see. So... You finished the book on the Feast of the Nativity of the Blessed Virgin Mary, and it was prepared for publication yes. for the Holy Rosary. That's, yeah. that's very fascinating. Yeah. And published mm-hmm. on November 21st, the Feast of the Presentation of the Blessed Virgin Mary in the Temple. That's, uh, that's very interesting. Um, yeah. I feel there are no coincidences there. Mm-hmm. Yes, I, I agree. Yeah, 
Uh, and then just uh, just before the end of page uh, 19, you say something uh, which I think is very nice. Uh, the poems in this book were written to transport the reader into the midst of each mystery of the rosary. The art chosen is meant to do the same. So they have both the reading uh, and the, the sight of art. After mm-hmm. all, the rosary is a masterpiece of prayer at home with works of art. And also, of course, you go on to talk about the compendium of prayers and the three-day retreat. Um, sure. But uh, then you go on and you say, for when you pray the rosary, you're embarking on what I call the pilgrimage of the crowns, the crown of Mary, the crown of Christ, and the crown of roses, the rosary that joins us to Jesus and Mary. Uh, that's That's really excellent writing. It's excellent spiritual writing to me. You know, that's something when someone reads that, that's something that they'll recall when they're praying the rosary, and it certainly should have an impact on them. Oh, I hope so. That would be wonderful. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Then you have a beautiful painting of the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Was this, uh, where was this piece that you... Um, that's the next photo. Oh, this painting right here, the facing painting by Leopold Kupelweiser. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. So, you know, in, in take, and it took a long time, I really um, had studied a lot of great art, you know, Marian art, mm-hmm. and it, mm-hmm. I really wanted to curate each piece of art, you know, deliberately exactly where it would fall in the book. She's mm-hmm. holding, um, as you see here, Cynthia, um, mm-hmm. but just for the sake of our, our listener, she's holding one hand sort of to her to her chest, to her heart, and one is extended mm-hmm. towards us. Um, yes. Her face is so filled with light and beauty, and mm-hmm. it just mm-hmm. seemed like such a gentle but powerful welcome to the reader to come mm-hmm. on in and, and join yes. her. Yes, that's very nice. <coughs> Excuse me. And then we go to the Madonna of the Rosary. Um, on the next page. Let's see. Oh, yes, by Giovanni Battista Paghi. I love this one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. With all the cherubs. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And crowning her with uh, flowers. And she has flowers also in her hand, a beautiful painting. Yes. Lovely, tender mm-hmm. moment between... Um, mother and child. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, also, I get, so your family must have been very religious. You talk about your father, but you also yeah. mentioned that your grandfather, when you were just six, he said, if you ever yeah. need anything, ask Mary. Turn to Our Lady in yep. prayer. Yep. Yep. And, yeah. you know, I'll tell you, it, it was the most... Um, you know, I think sometimes we get the most inspired when we see people living out their prayer life and it's just part of who they are. I saw him one day, he was polishing his, he polished his shoes every night. He was very, you know, old-fashioned that way from that generation, that great depression mm-hmm. era generation that took nothing for granted and um, and he polished his, his pair of shoes every night, took good care of them. And I noticed he always sat in quiet and seemed to be very, almost smiling a little while he would polish his shoes, and then when he was done, he'd fold his hands. And I said, you know, what are you doing? 
And he would, you know, oh, I'm praying to Our Lady. <laughs> you know, dear, mm-hmm. if you ever need anything, ask Mary. Turn to her if you need anything. And he said it with mm-hmm. such conviction and love. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. I never forgot those words. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's powerful. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see, the next page we have the seven sorrows of the Virgin. Um, I had uh, gone to Rome for the first time uh, decades ago, many decades mm-hmm. ago, and um, yeah. I went up uh, stairs where everybody was going up the stairs in prayer on their knees, and I'm not exactly mm-hmm. sure where it is in Rome, but I mm-hmm. saw the statue of uh, Our Lady with seven swords in her chest. And um, I remember standing there. um, It was just such an overwhelming image. Um, So this this seven sorrows of the Virgin is is also interesting. It's it's got the paintings all around it. Her in the center uh, with a sword um, coming towards her, but also uh, the seven sorrows in pictures very unique painting i think yes albrecht durer's seven sorrows of the virgin i agree i think it's it really is an unforgettable image isn't it just very serious i agree yes yes it is Mm -hmm. so your first uh chapter if you uh if you want to call it that or your first section uh, Section, is the seven sorrows of mary um, so would you like to uh, tell us about this in some more detail? Sure. I felt very keenly, um, I, I, you know, if, in terms of the poetry, I never wrote, I wouldn't write, I wouldn't write any poem until I felt it had been the fruit of much, 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 much prayer. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I noticed that, uh, I noticed that in praying, um, the seven sorrows of Mary, I was really, at the time I started this book, I was really falling in love with that devotion. And I noticed that mm-hmm. it brought me very quickly to a very um, soft-hearted and um, open place. Uh, very, very, oh, just very, uh, com- I'd say full of compassion, you know, um, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is, I think, how ideally, you know, not to say that there aren't times that you're busier when you pray the rosary or get distracted. That's human. But we do aim mm-hmm. to, to have that compassion to journey with Our Lady and, and with mm-hmm. all those mysteries. And I really felt for me and for my prayer life that the Seven Sorrows of Mary helped to forge that. And so I mm-hmm. thought that it would be beneficial, and I'm really glad that I followed that instinct because I really like how the book came out, that it would be really beneficial mm-hmm. for the reader to begin this journey, this pilgrimage into the mysteries of the rosary by starting first with these meditations on the Seven Sorrows of Our Lady, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to bring us into that deep compassion and love for her and all that she's done for mm-hmm. us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, now you talk about uh, the poetry. The poetry is very uh, interesting, and you developed uh, a new style called the Mura Sonnet. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's actually, um, there's, a, there's a master of form. He's sort of the living... Um, master of poetic forms. His name is Louis Turco. And he's been made aware of my form and confirmed that it's 
original to me, which is always nice, you know, to have it kind of recorded mm -hmm. somewhere. Mm -hmm. um, and I can actually proudly say now it's really nice that um, I developed that form even before this book, but I developed it for um, religious subject matter. So I, I first started it with um, poems from Scripture, characters from Scripture. And I found that, mm -hmm. you know, I wanted a, a way to reflect how Scripture brings us new insights every time we read it. And we can read the same verse mm -hmm. and get a new insight. And, and in yes. a similar way, we travel through time and we gain wisdom on past events. So I wanted a form that would reflect that. And I'm happy to say that since that time, about 10 years ago now, there have been other writers to try their own hand at the mirror sonnet. So it's now a fully accepted form. And mm -hmm. the mirror sonnet is basically you take a Shakespearean sonnet, which is one of my favorite ways of writing mm -hmm. in the English language, iambic pentameter, the A, B, A, B, C, D, C, D, E, F, E, F, G, G rhyme scheme. And, and that's, mm -hmm. of course, where every matching letter is, is a rhyme. And the second sonnet is a mirror of the first, but hopefully mm -hmm. um, will provide hopefully new insights when it is read that way. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. That's, um. So hopefully, you know, you, you, what, I, what I try to do is you hear, you know, if the words are written in a beautiful way, you're hearing the beauty mm -hmm. of the words or the way the words are arranged a second time, which never hurts for the cadence and the musicality of it. But hopefully mm -hmm. you also kind of get a new experience, you know, in the way mm -hmm. it's read. Okay. That's, yeah, that's very interesting. I know almost nothing about poetry. But, uh, oh, that's all right. That's all right. Yeah, that actually that actually touches me to know that you notice that, even though it's not your main genre. So, thank you. Mm -hmm. oh, okay. Um, and then we go on to the joyful mysteries, uh, and yeah. um, let's see, much more beautiful artworks. Would you like to talk about that? Sure. There's a combination of some um, of the, they're called burritos, the burritos. Um, it's, a, it's a name, um, I'm a student of art history, you know, I've taken tons mm -hmm. and tons of art history classes over my life. And it, it was, a, you know, I, I did hear it about 10 years ago, but when I did, I remember thinking, wow, I'd never heard that term before, the burritos. It's like, um, it's like an elaborate, um, elaborate hand-carved work that would be behind an altar, you know, often it's sort of a Byzantine Romanesque style. And mm -hmm. so I have, along with, you'll see in the section, there might be a work of art by Raphael. There might be mm -hmm. a work, you know, real famous folks from the Renaissance. But then I also have mm -hmm. a lot of these panels from the gilded golden burritos from the Seminary of the Immaculate Conception. And mm -hmm. I just think they're beautiful. Uh, I, I, you know, they're just beautiful. shining with light and so much detail. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, they are beautiful. Um, so um, the joyful mysteries, um, one of the things that's interesting is you talk about what the fruit of that mystery is and give mm -hmm. very good examples of it. Um, you know, love of neighbor, poverty of spirit, detachment from the things of the world, um, which... Of course, most of us would know, but it's always good to be reminded of. Oh, yes, certainly. Oh. Mm -hmm. Certainly. Uh, or to even have go. that fruit, we're reminded of it as we pray that particular. You know, sometimes we know it, but then just to have that 
oh, yeah, let me think about obedience when I mm-hmm. pray this time. You know, it's, it's fun. Yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that, I think that is important. Uh, and, again, especially if somebody isn't familiar with the rosary um, oh, or is, you know, or someone who may not, um, may not know as much about Catholicism, you know, maybe only went to, uh, you know, the lower, uh, lower uh, years. Um, yes. They can gain a lot from this. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then we go on to the sorrowful mes- mysteries. And again, you give us the fruit of the mysteries and uh, beautiful, uh, really beautiful um, paintings. Uh, Agony in the Garden, um, which, um, you know, is, is so well depicted. I was really struck. I was really struck with the uh, the picture of Christ uh, for the second sorrowful mystery. His face is so expressive in that painting. Yeah. And uh, that that painting actually doesn't uh, have the painter's name under it. That's right. That's right. There's a little note. Um, thanks for bringing that up. For anyone who's mm-hmm. listening, um, there's a little tiny note in the sort of footnotes of the acknowledgments, but any unattributed art in the book is automatically from the Seminary of the Immaculate Conception. And apart mm-hmm. from only one work of art in the Seminary of the Immaculate Conception that I used, mm-hmm. all of the others are anonymous. So wow. we literally do not know who painted this. Mm-hmm. But I think there's oh. a, a real um, wonderful, isn't that fun that, that we can hopefully give, you know, what, whatever gift that painter gave the world is now preserved here in this book, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Whatever they obviously did for the glory of God, their beautiful art. And um, there is mm-hmm. no known mm-hmm. artist of this, but someone painted it and it's on page 56. <laughs> and it is, yeah. I was also moved by it too. Yeah, beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, his face is very expressive, the eyes especially. Mm-hmm. And uh, just the way his mouth is open, just a tiny bit. It's a um, very interesting painting. Okay, so um, then we return to some of the uh, the other art at the seminary. Mm-hmm. The picture of uh, the picture of Jesus carrying the cross uh, for the fourth sorrowful, the fourth sorrowful mystery. Uh, mm-hmm. Again, very uh, very expressive face. Um, oh, yeah. Titian is mm-hmm. known. This is Titian's Christ carrying the cross, and Titian is known for mm-hmm. his unbelievable ability to paint tears where you can actually mm-hmm. see a tear on the face of Christ. There's another Titian later in the book of Our Lady um, in sorrow mm-hmm. crying. And it's very hard to do. <laughs> um, I've, been, mm-hmm. I've been trained in painting by great, great painters, and it's, it's nearly impossible. You have to be someone like Titian to do, to do that kind of a job. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. I agree. And I love, I love the way um, that Simon of Cyrene is sort of looking... Mm-hmm. Um, yes, almost lovingly at Jesus in this. Yes, one of the mm-hmm. one of the bits in this poem uh, that faces it, Simon recalls the carrying of the cross. Uh, when I looked up the etymology and the meaning of the word Simon, it it literally means 
he who hears and then obeys, which reminded me that Simon carrying the cross is any one of us who hears God's word and obeys. Um, mm-hmm. And I found mm-hmm. that really so moving that it really became the main theme of the poem. Um, mm-hmm. Simon means he who hears and then obeys, that's all. I'm anyone who trusts and prays. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Um, the fifth yeah. sorrowful mystery, the, uh, the poetry here is really something through the eyes of the good thief, the crucifixion through the eyes of the good thief. Um, oh. That really is um, very powerful. Um, you know, so do you mind if I read that? or? Oh, I would um, be honored if you would read it. Thank you, Cynthia. Yeah, it's uh, the crucifixion through the eyes of the good thief. This is uh, poetry that really touched me. It was the only good thing I had known in all my life to die beside my God. Before now, hate was all that I'd been shown. I was a sinner, stealer, and a fraud. My arms were forced apart, splayed out in fear. His arms opened in love willing embrace. I wished that I could bend and bow, revere his feet, then wipe the blood from his good face. Instead, I called across the space between his cross and mine, and that was oceans wide. For he was innocent. His heart was clean and knew how I had hated, envied, lied. And yet he promised me today, today, the world had told me leave. God told me stay. That is just incredible writing. Oh, thank you. It was incredible for me to hear those words from you and, and to hear, you know, what you found in that poem. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, the contrast between the two, but, you know, for he was innocent, his heart was clean and knew how I had hated, envied, and lied. And still, you know, he said, you know, today you'll be with me in paradise. It's today? Really beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and I agree, the contrast between what the world will, will say and what God will say. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very, very good poetry. Um, then we move on to the glorious mysteries. Um, you know, again, it's it's interesting here. This one Mary Magdalene describes the resurrection. It's very interesting, you know, to see these to see these things that we knew occurred. Um, obviously, you know, through the eyes of the people that saw it in a way that's not um, not you know obviously not scripture, but it's very sure. powerful. Yeah, Mary Magdalene yeah, think, um, described. Yeah, I think, you know, it, it's uh, Lexio Divina. And, and Bishop Henning, I was mm-hmm. so grateful that he mentioned that in, the, in his forward, um, just to explain mm-hmm. to the reader that, that Lexio Divina allows us to, to read and meditate and contemplate on Scripture mm-hmm. and then encourages us. It's that ancient Benedictine practice that encourages us to kind of put ourselves in the shoes of those in the gospel stories mm-hmm. in scripture and what would they be feeling? Mm-hmm. I think it helps us build compassion, I hope, and um, that's mm-hmm. what these poems try to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they do it very well. Um, 
You have the apostles recall the ascension. Peter describes the coming of the Holy Spirit. Um, John speaks to Mary before the assumption. I mean, these are all very personal occurrences in these people's life. Mary, as she is crowned, um, it's very beautiful. I like, uh, I really like how you have expressed uh, what they saw and what they thought. Um, you know, it, it's, uh, it makes it more intimate, I think, to many people. It would make it more intimate to many people. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then you have the Luminous Mysteries. Mm-hmm. Did you uh, want to say some things about this? Sure, sure. I purposely put the Luminous Mysteries after um, the Joyful, the Sorrowful, and the Glorious mm-hmm. because traditionally they used to call it Mary's Psalter. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, for so many years before um, Pope St. John Paul II, the great lover of the Rosary, gave us the Luminous mm-hmm. Mysteries. Um, long before that ever happened, there was that you know age-old tradition of Mary's Psalter, as they called it. And so I just mm-hmm. wanted to keep them together. And I put mm-hmm. the Luminous Mysteries after, um, just for that reason. Um, but I, I really enjoyed these. Um, what I love is that the first Luminous Mystery on page 78 has the art also from the seminary, from that Ruidos, uh, mm-hmm. the main chapel. And it's just mm-hmm. a wash with light. So here we are mm-hmm. in the mysteries of light and um, how, how fitting that there's mm-hmm. just, this is one of the most resplendent works of art I think I've ever seen as St. John mm-hmm. the Baptist uses that scallop shell to pour the water over our Lord. And um, mm-hmm. I, love, mm-hmm. I love how filled with light it is. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Um, this, that's, that's a mystery that really inspires me, um, the baptism of Jesus in the River Jordan, because I'm always thinking about how their moms, um, St. Elizabeth and our Blessed Mother, met and mm-hmm. held each other and embraced when they were still yes. in the womb. Um, yeah. And now here they are, grown up and, you know, part of their, doing their, their wonderful ministry and how, how mm-hmm. proud their mothers are of them. And mm-hmm, they now mm-hmm. begin Jesus' ministry. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. A nice tie in with the uh, with the early years. Yeah, definitely. Mhm. Um, so then you move on to discussion questions. Um oh, about yes. the, for the poetry. Mhm. So, um I assume you picture the picture groups. Uh, doing this together? Yes, well, um, interestingly, um, p- part of this book that, was, that helped it to be forged was I had been asked, you know, not something I sought, but I had been asked, um, very honored to be asked, to um, put together and run a retreat for the mm-hmm. wives of men who were in the diaconate formation program in the, in the Diocese of Rockville mm-hmm. Center. And right. when I met with the fellow, you know, the priest in charge, um, he says, hey, you know, what would you like to, you can really choose any topic. I'll have to approve it, but what would you like to do? I said, I'd love to do the rosary. Mm-hmm. Great, you know, mm-hmm. so kind about it. 
And so I really had to do a three-day overnight retreat with these ladies. And mm -hmm. that's what, I guess, really gave me the time. I prepared for that for many months. Um, a lot mm -hmm. of these questions came about because I needed to and wanted to um, use the poetry and the art to really bring people into that deeper place of compassion and imagination and love mm -hmm. within themselves to hopefully mm -hmm. you know, yield more fruitful prayers. And mm -hmm. so I was able to, what I would envision, you, know, you asked so well, how would I envision this being used? I would envision that this book could be used either by the individual. It, it, you know, I, mm -hmm. I really kind of tried to vet it going through so that if you're just by yourself and it's Lent or it's Advent and you want something to help make that special, you can go through and you can ask yourself the questions with a journal and mm -hmm. I really think it's kind of a self-guided retreat. Or if you are maybe the head of a prayer group in your church, maybe you will choose to do the three-day retreat with a group. That's great too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so these mm -hmm. questions, these discussion questions, could be used in either case. Right, right. So, yeah, I, uh, I'm very impressed with this, you know. So, And the journal questions, really, there's something that would make people have to sit and think. No, so. Right. Mm -hmm. Let's see. Yeah, so you have them, uh, you have quite a few pages for this. This is very interesting. Mm -hmm. I like the, uh, the morning of the second day of the Luminous Mysteries where you're talking about the wedding feast at Cana. You know, um, the yes of marriage is a joyful and beautiful sacrifice, roses and thorns. Um, oh. Look how Jesus has blessed the institution of marriage. Um, yes. So, you know, this, this piece on uh, the wedding feast is really beautiful. Mm -hmm. Oh, thank you. Mm -hmm. uh, let's see. So, just trying to see where this quite a large retreat. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, I'm just looking to see where the retreat actually ends here. Should be page 121. Oh, just got there with the uh, painting of Madonna of the Lilies, which, speaking of light, I've, whenever I've seen that picture, I've thought of the light in it. Yes. Like Jesus almost glows. He's so yes. bright. That's so true. Mm -hmm. You're right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Okay, and then you go on to the components of the rosary. I like what you subtitle a sacred palette for praying a masterpiece. <laughs> um, yes. So you give all the prayers, which is good for people who may not be familiar with it or with right. them. And you know, I've even had real devotees of the rosary, you know, people who love the rosary say, oh, I forgot that a lot of people end with the prayer to St. Michael the Archangel. Or, oh, I forgot about the preparatory prayer. It's amazing. You know, you can get into your habits of forgetting that 
little extra touch here or there. Mm-hmm. Well, even yeah. um, that, that some people like to say an act of contrition prior to the rosary, and lots of people don't. And it's okay. It's not mm-hmm. part of what you have to do. But it just, it's just right. it's a great way to sort of unburden your soul before you start. And, um, I've had yes. a few people say, oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know you, the people did that. I'm going to start doing that now. And that's always mm-hmm. a, nice, mm-hmm. a nice feeling. But yeah. but, yeah, it's all there for whatever stage of the journey you're on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, you also give more great works of art recommended to view for each mystery of the rosary. So uh, that I thought was also interesting just when you think of, um, you know, people who uh, after they're familiar with this book, after they use it for a while, they have uh, other things that they can go forward to look at. Right, um, right. Yeah. Someone who just can't get mm-hmm. enough, we, you know, they just say, oh, I love this. I'd love more. They have more recommendations right here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Very nice. Uh, so overall, I thought the piece, uh, the book is just wonderful. Um, I like the combination of the uh, poetry and the art and the information for people who don't have the information, the reminder for people who kind of know. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's it's really a nice piece of work. So, oh, thank you, Cynthia. And uh, I recommend it to any of my readers, uh, any of my readers, any of my listeners, uh, that really this is a book that you would enjoy reading. It's almost a work of art in itself. So um, was there anything that you would like to add about the book? Oh, no, just that I hope that it would be a companion. Um, Bishop Henning in his forward urges readers to return again and again. I, I think to this book, I think because the idea is that b- between the beautiful, timeless works of art that are featured, the very mm-hmm. the prayers that really bring us into the heart of the oh the com- the compassion for those uh, for for our, our beloved our you know our lady and Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope it's something that can be a real companion on the journey, mm-hmm. um, not just mm-hmm. passive reading. You know, and not that there's anything wrong with that. You know, reading is wonderful and it's one of my favorite things to do. But between the discussion questions and the emotions yeah. that art will uh, you know always draw us to. Hopefully the book will mm-hmm. remind us what the rosary does, which is, you know, turn us to the rosary. The rosary is always a journey. It's always a new journey, depending on where mm-hmm. we are, whatever joyful, sorrowful, mm-hmm. or glorious, or luminous mystery in our own lives we're at. The rosary changes yes, for us exactly. each day with kind of what, what bit we, we resonate with or, or just feel deeper. I hope the book does mm-hmm. the same. I hope it's um, a companion for readers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, I, I, I really I hope that it sense. leads people to Our Lady. What's that, Cynthia? Mm-hmm. I think I think it does make sense to have it as a companion um, because mm-hmm. our lives do change so much. And yes. what strikes you one day may not strike you another. Uh, exactly. So, you know, yeah, to keep going back to it, uh, I think, is, is a great idea. And I have no doubt that it will lead people to Our Lady. Um, you know, it's, it's a masterful piece of work. So, um, well, so I'm much. sure that... God will use it in some way. So I would like to thank you for letting me interview you tonight. Um, I've enjoyed reading the book and I've enjoyed talking with you. Oh, it's an absolute blessing to spend time with you here, Cynthia. I 
I'm really grateful that you had me on. Thank you so much. The same here. Would you like to close with a prayer? Sure. Let me find uh, one of the ones I just had up before. Mm-hmm. Looking for a good one here. What I'd like to do is I'd love to end with a prayer to St. Dominic. Um, okay. Because St. Dominic is such a wonderful, uh, I mean, obviously the, the most famous um, propagator of the rosary. The original, mm-hmm. he's the saint to whom Our Lady gave the rosary to give the world. And uh, mm-hmm. to, pray, to pray to him that we may all increase our love of the rosary. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Dear St. Dominic, may God the Father who made us bless us. May God the Son who redeemed us send healing into our midst. May God the Holy Spirit who gives us life move within us. May God give us eyes to see God, ears to hear God, and hands to bring God's work into the world. May we walk with God and preach the word of God to all. May the angel of peace watch over us and lead us at last by God's grace to the eternal kingdom. Amen. St. Dominic, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you again for letting me interview you. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you, Cynthia. God bless you. Same to you, and have a good night. Oh, you too. Yep, bye-bye. Hello, God's Beloved. I'm Annabelle Mosley, author, professor of theology, and host of Then Sings My Soul and Destination Sainthood on WCAT Radio. I invite you to listen in and find inspiration along this sacred journey we're traveling together to make our lives a masterpiece and, with God's grace, become saints. Join me, Annabelle Mosley, for Then Sings My Soul and Destination Sainthood on WCAT Radio. God bless you. Remember, you're never alone. God is always with you. We hope you enjoyed the program and will join us back for another show on WCAT Radio. This is Sebastian Mafud. Good day.